Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey there, it's Friday, and it is the weekend before Christmas. I can't believe it's already here. It is already here. Merry Christmas, by the way. Yeah, Merry Christmas. I owe you guys several Merry Christmases. Merry Christmas again, then. Feliz Navidad. Yes, that too. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're, we're here and uh, coming up on the weekend. We have an exciting weekend at Compass Bible Church. Uh, Christmas Eve is on Sunday at Compass Bible fire. Church. It's, in fact, it's on Sunday everywhere, not just at Compass Bible Church. Only here. Only here. Yeah. No, um, but it is uh, it is on Sunday, and there will be fire on uh, that evening. Everybody gets a flamethrower. Yep. You want to be there. Yep. But uh, we are doing church in the morning at 10 a.m. like we usually do, and then we are going to do two Christmas Eve services. That's 3.30 and 5 o'clock. So we'd love for you to join us. No matter where you are or where you come from, we want you here. Yep. It's Friday. There's time to get on a plane. You have time. Yep. There's time to even drive. If you left right now, you from can wherever be you are. Right. In any place, country or uh, state, anywhere. Cross a body of water, yes. doesn't matter. Yes. You could do it. Yes. Probably I have not. faith. You can do all things through him who is trained. Yikes. <laughs> and other verses taken out of context. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you know, you, so it's funny because um, one of our dear friends, Ryan, passed away. Yeah. Uh, Ryan D'Amato is such a, I mean, he was so funny. So funny. He, he would make the most absurd jokes by, and, and this is only between us. I don't want anyone else to find out. Okay. That's good for a podcast. He would make the most absurd jokes. He would take almost any Bible verse out of context and he would do such a good job at, ma- at just mangling it in a convincible way. I will miss that about him. Yep. <laughs> it's a weird thing to eulogize someone about, but I, he was so good at that. Stuff like that, what I just did. Bring in lightheartedness. Yeah. Yeah. He was great at that. I no, miss that's him. good, man. Yeah. He was a good dude. I didn't get to know him as well, but I know you served with him and yeah. Yeah, dude, I love Ryan. I can't wait to see him again. I'm sure he's having a great time right now. Better than he was. Well, certainly better than he was. Yeah. I, so a question came up when we were talking about memorials. Do you think God allows us to witness our memorials? Mm. I don't know. I don't know because uh, from a fleshly perspective, I would say no because you know it's not about us at that point. It's about Christ. I don't know that we would want to, except to see the impact, perhaps. But not everybody left a positive impact, right? I mean, think about the deathbed conversion. Right. And so does that, like, what good does it see do to, to hear most of the people stand up there at that guy's Tell memorial lies. and be like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't really a good dude. Like, well, they don't say that usually. Well, okay. So, yeah, obviously I'm, I'm thinking about a Christian man, or Ryan in this case, who lived yeah. faithfully and loved God. Like it would be a really sweet thing, I think, for God to be like, dude, I want you to go see this. Go go look look at what you did. Yeah. And that would be really special. And I could imagine God doing something like that. There's no promise, there's no guarantee, but I could see God saying, you know what, I, I want you to see what you did by my grace, uh, by my spirit, what you did through my my power. But it would be really special to have him see that. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm hoping, got my fingers crossed that when I m- make my way there that he'll he'll see. Yeah, and that's that's some of the the creative liberty for lack of a better term for us. I mean, God has, has revealed so much in the pages of scripture, but not everything. And there's a lot there that, uh, that we don't know what it's going to be like. Well, so I take some odd comfort from the fact that the martyrs in the book of revelation are, are aware of what's happening on the planet in some degree, some measure mm. they're asking for God to bring justice in that case. But that tells me they could see something. 
So whether or not that's true only for the martyrs or if that's true in a more general sense for some of the Christians, some of the, I don't know. Obviously, we're speaking into a lot of blank space here, but I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Speaking of that, uh, sometimes we conflate the idea of a memorial and a funeral, and we'll throw those two words around. They are different. And the main difference is? The body. The body. Yeah. If the uh, the casket is not there, if the body is not there, then it is a memorial. If the body is present, then it is a, a funeral. Hey, since we're clarifying stuff, when people ask you to officiate their marriage, how do they typically ask ask you that? Will you marry us? <laughs> That's so funny. Yes. Will you marry us? Then what do you say to that? <clears throat> I do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no one's ever asked me this before. <laughs> I've asked it before, but nobody's ever asked me. <laughs> yeah. So when you ask a pastor to to do something at your your wedding, yeah. you ask if for them to officiate. You don't want them to marry you. Nope. You're already marrying somebody else. Yep. Don't ask us to marry you. We're already married. Yeah. We don't we don't want to marry you. Yeah, we're not we're not into polyamory or anything. We love like that. you, but not like that. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Nahum. <laughs> no smooth transition. It's a there. good transition, right? From uh, talking about marriage and, and funerals to judgment on Nineveh. And I mean, Assyria. it fits though. It does fit. It does. It does. Sort of. Not really. Um, hey, so we just talked about Nineveh not long ago in the Daily Bible Podcast. We talked about it with Jonah, the book of Jonah, as Jonah went and uh, Nineveh responded well at that point. Sennacherib uh, and in uh, the people, not not Sennacherib. Sorry, let me back that up. But the, uh, on ribs. the the king of Nineveh at the time potentially a governor or some other ruler, uh, listened to the message calling for repentance and obeyed. And so God relented of his judgment. Well, now the book of Nahum is all about the judgment of God. And so something has changed. And uh, that's something that's changed is the repentance did not last. And so the prophet Nahum is sent again, uh, or for the first time for him, but on behalf of God for the second time, uh, to this people, uh, probably 663 to 612 BC, somewhere in that range, uh, back to Nineveh, back to the land of Assyria to call on them, not to repent necessarily, although that's there, but more to to call them to realize the impending judgment. And uh, and that's kind of the outline of the book. If we break it down into three chapters, uh, the, the first chapter is the certainty of, of God's judgment. Ju- the judgment's going to happen. Uh, the second chapter is the description of that judgment. And then the, the third chapter is the reasons why God is going to judge them. And so as the, the book opens, it opens with the, uh, the the certainty. And if you look at verse three, it, it's a little bit uh, off. It catches you off guard because it says the Lord is gracious or the lowest, Lord is slow to anger. And you, you expect it to continue, you know, gracious. Yeah, you're, going there. You're, you're doing the Exodus 34 right there. Right. But that's not what it says. Nope. It says he's slow to anger. And great in power, and the Lord will by no means clear the guilty. So I wrote down next to this, that the fuse is long, but the fuse is there. Like it is a fuse, and a fuse is connected to explosive devices of some sort, right? And so when we think about God's anger, uh, the fuse may be long, and he even says that. The Lord is slow to anger, but he's not. He, he, it's not as though he never gets there. And here is the declaration that God is going to judge. This is going to happen. Who can stand, verse 6, before his indignation? Who can endure the heat of his anger? Uh, He is good, yes, but justice is going to be done. Verse 7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. Yes, he's good, but justice is going to be done, and justice needs to be done. God is good to the godly. That's a that's an important takeaway there. And I, I wrote that down next to verse seven. Uh, God is good to the godly. He is fearsome and terrifying to the evil. So even though we tip, we typically read a lot of stuff like this, especially as we get into the minor prophets and the prophets in general, uh, God's terrifying nature. We're called to fear Him, which is still appropriate even even as a New Testament Christian. Even if that that fear is formulated primarily by love and respect, it's still appropriate to fear God in a good sense. But that said, He is good to the godly. 
He's only terrifying and troublesome to those who are on the other side of Christ, which don't let that be you. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Romans uh, 10 shows up here in the book of Nahum in verse 15. Behold upon the mountains, the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace. In Romans 10, Paul says, how beautiful are the feet of the one who brings good news. And there's connected to the gospel. Here, it's good news, not for Assyria, but for Israel and for Judah, that uh, the enemies of God are going to meet their end. Nineveh has been crushed. Yeah. That's the good news. That is the good news. Yeah. Well, the second is the description in chapter two of the destruction of Nineveh here. And there's a lot of familiar language here about what God is going to do and how God is going to uh, destroy the the, uh, the evildoers and the wicked here. And really, it comes down to, to verse 13, sums it up. Behold, I am against you, declares the Lord of hosts. That's the reason why all of this is happening, which is really what chapter three gets into. Here's the reasons why. Here's the coming judgment. I'm against you, declares the Lord of hosts, shows up again in chapter three, verse five, because of everything that you have done. Um, There's been just uh, wickedness and evil, and this is the judgment that's going to come upon you. In fact, I found it interesting in verse 14 of chapter three. He says, draw water for the siege, strengthen your forts. In other words, get ready for you to be sieged. And and that's what's so interesting here is Assyria was kind of the, the, the king of laying siege to other cities and destroying them. And here God is saying, you need to get ready because you're going to have siege laid to you and you're going to end up falling. Uh, and so this is a, a, a description of the, the reasons why and the, the, uh, the, the methodology behind it. The bottom of my chapter three here, I wrote, God is not mocked. You will reap what you sow. And that's especially true for those who stand against Christ, those who are acquiring sins and wrath before him. No one's going to escape the judgment of God. It's impossible. And therefore, I would encourage you, if you're not already doing so, to make sure that the judgment God has against you is placed upon the shoulders of Christ. He's ready to receive. He's willing to forgive. I'd much rather have you go through that than suffer the, the wrath of God. Right, right. And even for Christians, I think there's something to that too, to, to the concept of let's keep short accounts with God. Uh, let's make sure that, that we are constantly examining our lives and seeing if there's sin in our hearts that we need to bring to him and, and confess and repent of. Right. Um, yeah. All right. Revelation chapter 13. You've been waiting for it. I know you have. You've been on pins and needles all day long. Who are the beasts? Go ahead. Reveal them. Okay. The beast num- number one is Nikolai Carpathia. I'm writing it down right now. Okay. My Bible notes. Did you read Left Behind? I did. I mean, not okay. all of them. I, I think I got through seven or eight or yeah. nine. Well, that was the guy's name. Yeah, I remember. If you didn't read it, spoiler alert, he's the Antichrist. It's actually really good. What? I mean, people get all up in arms about the Left Behind series because it's not precisely accurate right. to what the Bible says, but it's not meant to be. No. I would highly recommend if you got some downtime and you want to read the, the Left Behind series, it's actually really interesting. It's a, it grabs a It's a page turner. Yep. I loved it. Yep, for sure. For sure. Well, if you look at uh, the end of chapter 12, it says he stood on the sand of the sea. This is the dragon. And this is kind of setting the, the stage for what happens in chapter 13 because as the dragon is, is standing on the, the shore of the sea, out from the sea becomes these two beasts. And the first one there uh, is the Antichrist. This is the one, uh, 10 horns, seven heads, diadems on its horns, blasphemous names on its heads. And, uh, and the dragon is the one that empowers it. The dragon gives his great power and his throne and his authority and, uh, and and then there's this interesting scene. So and this, the dragon again is the dragon being Satan, the devil. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the devil. And and what's so interesting here is uh, he receives a wound that seems or appears to be mortal, and that's important that it says appears, appears to, be. to be. It's right. a false resurrection that he's preparing us for. Right, and then he, he comes back. It looks like he comes back from the dead, and that's the the narrative that's going to be perpetuated. Yeah, which leads to really what we see in chapter 13 is sometimes referred to as the the uh, the false trinity or the 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 satanic trinity 
because you've got Satan in the, the role of the father. You've got the Antichrist in the role of the son. And then finally, you've got the, the false prophet, which is the second beast in the role of the spirit. And so it's the great perversion of the Trinity here, even down to the fact that the Antichrist, the son figure, receives this mortal wound or appears to be a mortal wound and, and recovers from it. Uh, but he is given, and and remember that as as the the beast is the one being given these things by Satan, we have to also remember that ultimately the the one giving any of this and allowing any of this to take place is God Himself. He is the sovereign one behind all of this activity. Uh, but the the beast is given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous things, and he's given authority. Uh, look at verse five. Here's our number again for forty two months, three and a half years. Uh, this again is the second half of the tribulation period. This is when the Antichrist really bears his fangs so to speak, and uh, and breaks his treaty with Israel and really begins to go after the people of God. Uh, look at verse 7. He's also allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. In other words, there's going to be, he's going to kill followers of, of God. He's going to kill followers of Jesus during this time. We talked about that in the last episode. Is the church on the scene? I think again here with the word saints, that could refer to Israel, but that also could refer to the church. And he is, uh, is pursuing them and he's allowed to conquer them. He's allowed to kill them. And they are... Um, they're they're under the the uh, the threat from him during this period of time, and then we get this second beast that comes on the scene, the false prophet who's really there to build up the first beast, and he's the one that initially and finally gives the uh, the mark of the beast, which your ESV says is six six six, and there's been questions about what number that is. You're not going to tell us six one six 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 six. Come on, man, just yeah. tell us tell us a secret. Yeah. We won't tell anybody else. Yeah. So just just it's, tell us. It's your Visa card in your wallet that has the chip. Oh. No, but hopefully you're seeing, man, there seems to be a lot of things that haven't yet happened. And uh, with that in mind, when you hear somebody say, well, the vaccine is the mark of the beast, or the uh, if you get a microchip in your, your wrist, that's the mark of the beast. That's look, not that, though. N- no. Good, because I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> because look at everything else that hasn't yet happened. And so when we jump to conclusions, usually it's somebody who's sensational to wanting to, to make this bold claim, who's not really giving attention to everything that's supposed to happen surrounding these events. And so should we be on guard and, and know what's going to happen in, in the end times? Yeah. But it, remember y'all as well, the church is not on the scene here. This is the last half of the, the tribulation. This is the last three and a half years of the tribulation. We don't believe the church is even going to be on the scene here. So I'm not telling you to go get a Neuralink implanted in your brain from Elon Musk. <laughs> well, but... I am also saying, let's tap the brakes on it. That's the mark of the beast. Don't go do that. Wouldn't that also depend, too, on your view of end times? If you, if you don't think that there's going to be a distinct period of time where this takes place, but it could be even happening right now, that that would also inform the fact that you could look at the news and say, oh, yeah, see, that's that's connected here. In other yeah. words, like if you're an amillennial, we're in, we're in it right now. We're, right. we're in the millennial time frame. So I could look at the news and say, oh, this could be happening right now. But we're in the millennial time frame. We're not in the, the, tribula- the tribulation. This is done, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So You're this right. is in the rearview mirror. So Sorry, even millennial, there. millennials. I didn't mean to slam your name there. <laughs> ah, they're like, oh, man. First oh. is the millennials and then it's the millennials. Yeah. So first beast, second beast. Antichrist, false prophet. That's really what chapter 13 is all about. And that's what you need to, to understand. This is the, the false trinity. So many are going to be, that's the common thread in here too. So many are going to be deceived, uh, which is why in verse 10, it ends with this statement. Here's the call for the endurance and the faith of the saints. In other words, those that will still be around during this time period, there's a call from John even to them to say, hold fast, stay the course. Don't be deceived as the rest of mankind will be. Stay the course even to the point of death. 
here is a call for the endurance of and the faith of the saints. Even to the point of death. Yep. Even to the point of death. And that's that's what verse uh, 10. If anyone is taken captive to captivity, he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Yeah. I don't think that's an encouragement, but that's just the reality. If God right. puts that in your path, then don't be afraid, Christian. Which is what, uh, contained in one of the opening letters to the seven churches when he said, be faithful unto death and right. I will give you the crown of life. That's right. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for joining us again. Tomorrow we hit Revelation 14 and one of my favorite Old Testament books, the book of Habakkuk. Me too. So join in for tomorrow as we talk more about that. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org, and we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.